So praise the Lord. Sorry. Hallelujah. Romans 9, part 2. So last week, we, the Lord, the Holy Spirit was taking us through to, to understand, for us to understand that we have a purpose. God created us with a purpose. You know, so it's not really proper for you and I to live on earth without knowing the reason for our creation. It says we, we, we just don't want to just exist. You know, some people will say, you know, when you say, look, we're just occupying space. We just don't want to occupy space. We want to know why, the reason why we exist. David, stop. As, you know, someone once said, you know, some somebody once said that in the vine, in the graveyards, there are, there are people that died without a purpose, without even achieving their purpose. They have a purpose, but they weren't even able to achieve it. They also have, they don't even know a purpose, they don't have a purpose, period, and they were just existing. You know, Jesus started his ministry with a purpose at age 30. You know, you see that Luke Luke 3.23 says that, Luke 3.23 says, now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So he began a ministry at 30. And his ministry didn't last that long. It didn't last that long. Because he had a purpose. He had a purpose in mind. So we need to continue to seek God to understand our purpose in life. I think that's that's the, the greatest thing to know that you have a purpose. You know, I was talking to my sister and she was telling me about her son and she was saying that that you know on his birthday he decides today's his birthday and he's, he decides to go to decides to go to work because work is there. You could have called off and say no other let me call off from work. But he decides to go to work and he says because I, I have a purpose to go to work. So that I can I can fulfill you know this human this issue of COVID because he's a tester. So he says at least even if I do such a thing whereby I, I you know I make a difference in people's lives. In his mind, I have that purpose. You know, some people, I remember when um, when my sister, my older sister, um, Doc, when, when during the time of, uh, before, she, before she went through medical school, I remember this thing so well. When she, when she was young, before she decided she wanted to become a doctor, you know, when you ask her, what do you want to be? She says she wants to be a doctor. Why? He says, I want to help people. In her mind, she already knows her purpose. Her purpose is to, to be a doctor. Her purpose is to help people. That is, that is amazing. It's truly amazing to have that, have that understanding. So, but today we're going to look at, we're going to look at the, the another focal point of chapter 9, of this chapter. The first focal point of this chapter was purpose. The second, the second one we're going to look at the second focal point. I will look at Romans 9, 1 to 3, 1 to 5. Romans 9, 1 to 5. Romans 9, 1 to 5, it's that's the cent you see you will see the gist of it. It says, With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and my and the Holy Spirit confirm it. 
My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing, since I would be willing to, to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. He says they are the people of Israel chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made, he made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshipping him and receiving the, the wonderful, uh, wonderful promises. Abraham and Isaac, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are their ancestors and Christ himself was, a, was an Israelite as far as human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of pray, eternal praises. Amen. If you, if you look at this, have you, have you been praying for someone to change and nothing has happened yet? The person is still the same. Have you been teaching or preaching the word to someone and you haven't seen a difference? And you say, man, that person hasn't changed. All these years, you've been in church listening to the word, but you haven't changed. But how come I've been praying for this person for 10 years and the person hasn't changed? Supposing the person is so close to your is too close to your heart, even though you claim that you're not looking or watching the, the change, but you are. This is exactly what Paul was saying. Paul was describing. That he says he has preached to the people of Israel, but change has not occurred. He hasn't seen change. Paul was full of grief. He says, I'm grieving that my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, have not done what they have not changed themselves. Change has not occurred. He said, Could I just take their place if it means they be saved? You know, it's amazing because this is exactly what happens to parents. Parents who are praying for their children and they don't see change. In, in, in the parents' heart, they are grieved that, man, can I take their place? Can, 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 can I just give them Christ so that they can belong, have no Jesus? So you see that the grief, the, you know, is grieving their hearts. People want their, their loved ones changed. <clears throat> almost immediately after prayer has been said Paul goes on to say look at what he says <clears throat> he goes on to say that in Romans Romans 9 4 he says they are the they are the people of Israel chosen to be God's adopted children God revealed his glory to them Romans 9 4 he made co he made covenants with them and gave them his law he gave them the privilege of worshipping and receiving his wonderful promises. 6. Well then, has God failed to fulfill his promise his promise to Israel? No. For not all or for not all who are born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham does not make them truly Abraham's children. For the scriptures say, Isaac is the son <clears throat> through whom your descendants will be counted, though Abraham had other children. 
He says, this means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily, necessarily children of God. Only the children of promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will return about this year, about, about this time next year, and Sarah would have a son. His, this son was the ancestor, was our ancestor Isaac. What are we seeing here? These verses are pointing to what? And referring to the promises of God. So this chapter is basically referring to what? The purpose of God and the promises of God. Those are the, the two main those are the two main things about the, this, this chapter. The promise of God, the promises of God are found in the Bible. We need to we know that the Bible is the word of God and the word from God. Or should I say is the word the Bible is God speaking to what? To us. When he speaks, he has the power to make it come to pass. God God spoke the promise of a child. Let me say this. God spoke that the promise of a child was going to be from Abraham and Sarah alone. It wasn't from because after Sarah, he married, he got he had other children from a different wife. So the promise was not from the different wife. The promise was from only Sarah and Isaac. So the promise, <clears throat> the promise was not extended to Ishmael and the other children. The promise was only for Isaac, and God fulfilled that pro promise. We need to know that the promise does not exist, does not depend on us. The promise of God does not depend on the environment or the circumstance. Circumstances, look at circumstances and environment submit to the promise of God. I repeat, the promise of God does not depend on you and I. It does not depend on circumstances. It does not depend on environment. The environment and circumstances bows down to the promise of God, submits to the promise of God. This is the, the key years to believe. So you understand what I'm saying. Let me don't go ahead of myself. Look at what Genesis 21, 1-7 says. Genesis 21, 1-7. It says, The Lord kept his word and did. Look at what it says. The Lord kept what? His word. And did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened on at just the time God has said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah de de declared, God has brought me laughter 
all who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have who who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would not see baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. Think about this. Think about this. God kept his word in spite of Abraham's and Sarah's age. The environment says what? That you have, you have gone past your childbearing age. The circumstances have said it. Doctors have said it. Everything has is gone contrary to what God says. But God says, my word does not, it does not rely on the environment or the circumstances or doctors or whatever. My word does not rely on that. The doctors can say anything, but my word trumps what the environment says, what the circumstances say. It trumps it. And because it trumps it, you what happens? It is like it's like the word is king. And every other every other thing that is going on submits to the king. The word is king. So all the subjects, what? Submit to the king. Bow down to the king. And who are the subjects? Environment, doctors, you. Circumstances, everything, it bows down to the king. And you know, Abraham believed, and that's what I'm saying, the king is what he has to believe. You have to believe that the word is king. Abraham believed that the word is king. And he knew that because he knew that the word is king, he knew what the word the power in the world. He knew that the power, there's power to change the environment. He knew that the word of God has the power to change and alter anything. But we have to believe it is possible. Abraham was fully what? Persuaded. Convinced. That God was able to create something out of nothing. Can you imagine what it means? Creating something where there's nothing God creates something. There's nothing. There's absolutely what? Nothing. But God creates something out of nothing. Romans 4.17 Romans 4.17 says This is what the scriptures mean when God told him I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God. Who brings the dead back to life? Who brings Lazarus back to life? Who brings dead bones back to life? Who brings dead cells back to life? Who brings... People that have COVID back to life. People that is, they say, man, forget about it, it's not going to happen. 
who brings them back to life and creates new things out of nothing. How do you create a new thing out of nothing? There's nothing. That's why I said the word of God does not depend on the environment. The environment says there's nothing. The circumstances say there's nothing. So if there's nothing, it's impossible to create something. But the word of God does not depend on the environment. It does not depend on the circumstance. It does not depend on what is going on. The word of God is the word of God. It is king. We need to, there's something that's what noteworthy that we need to understand too. Mark 16, 20. Mark 16, 20 says, And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the word and the Lord walked through them, confirming what they said by miraculous, many miraculous signs. So we need to know that when the word of God is being preached, miraculous signs and wonders occur. They occur. Psalm, Psalm 107 verse 20 says, Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from what? Destruction. So the word of God has power to heal and to deliver. So when the word of God is being preached, it has the ability to heal and deliver someone right away. So when you're like right now listening to the word, you can get healed right away. If you queue in to believe in it, you stay there and, and you're like shocking it in. They, you can get healed and get delivered. You know, somebody once said that there was this, um, there was this, uh, it's true because it's in the Bible, that um, when, she, when she was pregnant, she always listens to scriptures. Summers and you, as she's listening to it, the baby is pregnant. Woman. The baby is uh, is is turning around. She's move. The baby is moving, but isn't it the same thing? Remember when Mary, mother of Joseph, uh, mother of Jesus, went to see her cousin, her cousin Elizabeth. And what happened? He said the 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 baby leaped. And she said, truly, <laughs> truly, this is the word, the Son of God. The key here is this. We should not take the word of God lightly. We cannot be on social media or news sites when the word of God is being preached. It's funny that I'm saying this again. Because I, there was a there's a lady in in my in Ecodia, uh, in my um, Instagram thing, and she posted it. <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny when I saw it. I, I just I grinned because this is exactly what the Lord told me in Orange Church during. Youth ministry. 
and I said it. People looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said it in church. People looked at me like, oh. Because the Lord said to me, stop using your phone to do what? To be going through scripture. Because there's someone, the devil, that doesn't want you to do what? To read the Bible. Because if you read the Bible, you get what? Delivered. You get healed and you get delivered. And he doesn't want you healed. He doesn't want you delivered. So what does he do? As you're on your you're reading your Bible, what happens? You hear bang social media. Bang TikTok. Bang Facebook. Bang Instagram. Bang news. The news don't come down. They will tell you they will be want something interesting. Trump has whatever, whatever. And you'll be like, what did Trump do? And the funny thing is when you read that in the headlines are so they're so they're so eye catching. You go and read the thing, you'll be like, what it, the headline and the gist of it does not does not does not tally. But the thing about it is the main thing wasn't for it to tally, but the main thing was the devil wanted to distract you. He didn't want you to be healed and he wants you to be destroyed. But the thing is, we don't understand. The Lord says, he told me, he says, do not. Look, you know, sometimes I forget. But it is more of a reminder now. Do not use your phone you need to have a discipline of taking actual Bible. I don't know how many of us have an actual Bible. Because not only having the actual Bible is important, just reading it, but you have the privilege of underlining or using a highlighter and saying, this is one scripture that I love, man. So each time you read the Bible, you say, wow, this is one scripture. Wait, how do you even get that in there? You can have a highlight in your electronic Bible. Can you highlight? I don't even know how to highlight. Maybe there is, but you is there is, but you can't permanently highlight. Say this is the one thing that is a permanent highlight. You can. But maybe you say this there, there is. But the, the, the key what the Lord was just trying to derive here is that there's this, this distraction. The distraction that the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to be what? To be distracted. You know, he wants us to be distracted. We're not concentrating. When, you know, the Lord says there's there's time for everything. There's time to what? Go to social media. There's time to read news. But when there's time to hear the word, you sit down and hear the word. The Lord was telling me, he says, you know, this evening when I was preparing this, the Lord was telling me, he says, can you be in front of your president? You know when they have the rose garden? Maybe the president is making an announcement in the rose garden. Mm-hmm. They take your phone and be looking at TikTok. Mm-hmm. Or take your phone and be looking at Facebook. Do you know what the secret service will do to you then? Secret service will take you out. <laughs> they will whisk you out. Because they will be wondering, what are you doing on your phone? 
Don't you know it's the president that is speaking? You and I came to for a life-changing experience. So we need to come with a heart of expectation and ignore what the devil is doing. There's a time that the Lord... Oh, I, I, I said that already. So you, you, look at, you look at what I was talking about, whereby the word of God, it gets, it gets what? It gets preached and there's healing that follows. Remember, remember, remember Paul? Let's look at Mark, uh, Acts 20. I'm almost done, don't worry. Acts 20, 7 to 12. Now you help me pronounce this, this name. This is uh, Utas. Ute, Ute, um, Acts 20. Uh, Acts 20, 7 to 12. I, I will read it. Acts 20, 7 to 12. It says, on the first day of the week, we came together to, to break bread. Paul spoke to the people and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. Can you imagine he was preaching? He was preaching from morning to night, to midnight. He says there were many lambs in the upstairs room where they were, they were meeting. Seated in a the, in the window was a young man named Euterus, who was sinking in a deep sleep as Paul talked and talked. When he was sound asleep, he fell out to the ground from the third story and, picked, and was picked up dead. Can you imagine? Three story down. The environment, the word of God. It says Paul. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. He said, "Do not be alarmed," he said. "He's alive." Then he went upward, upstairs again, and broke bread and ate. After talking until mid daylight, can you imagine? He said he was going to stop till at midnight. He talked all the way to daylight. He left. The, the people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. The, the word of God, can you imagine power? The man that was preaching had, God gave him the power that was, the, the power, the sheer power that, it is, most people look at this and think, oh, Paul, Paul, you know, Paul had so much, he, he had the anointing, wonderful. He had the anointing. But the keys, the anointing comes, it didn't come by his own power. The Bible says Paul's, Paul's shadow healed the sick. But it wasn't because of Paul, but because Paul was fixed and soaked in the word. He was he was involved in the word, in the word of God. He was in depth with the word. He, he he considered only the word, and what happened? When he did, what happened? God, the power, because there's the there's a power in the word. The power he had, sheer power. 
There was no, there was no other kind of power did he have. Because why? Because he decided to soak himself in the word. And when you soak yourself in the word, what happens? You're soaking yourself in power. And whereby you believe the word? He said there was a, there was a teacher called um, was a pastor called Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth. Is he was the one I was I was telling you about that he threw he took his uh, he took his told his wife to stay outside. He told his wife to stay outside, and his wife stayed outside. Is she okay? Okay. So, uh, so what then happened was. So the wife was staying outside. He didn't. He was a, a plumber by trade, and his wife stayed outside. You know. Then he says to his wife that maybe that this Jesus, this this Jesus you have, I need that Jesus. When he received Jesus, he was. I say the only thing he did day in day out was to read his Bible. That he say, he said he doesn't watch TV because his, the TV is for demons. Because the only thing that is in there is bad news. <laughs> Can you imagine? That was over, I think, in the in the fifties or the forties. We got what? Very long time ago. See, he doesn't watch. He doesn't read newspaper. Only thing he reads is the word. Why? He says the word of God is lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. It is the one that shows me the way. So. Because when people died around him, he will go there. He say he goes to funeral homes. People are dead. He you say God has the that God has the power to raise. Just like what we just read now. To bring the dead back to life. In his mind, no one should die young. So he will go there. I I listened to this one. And Pastor Mine was telling me about it too. Then you go to funeral homes, like people do come out, not for, yeah, funeral homes where they're laying people in, in states, and you go there. He's uninvited. You go there, he would tap on the person, wake up, wake up, in Jesus' name, wake up. And people are looking at him like, dude, who is this person that's doing such a thing? And within a space of hour, two hours, the person will rise up. Power in the word. Power. It says Wiggles word. He he never he believed the word. He took the word literally. Because he knew that was power. There was power in the word. So, so going back to what we're, we're saying, you know, we need to know that when we're praying, when we're praying, it is imperative to hold on to the word of God. It is the word of God that, that, that makes prayer come to pass. When it says we need to know that it is the prayer of faith that heals the sick in James. Prayer of faith what? Heals the sick. The prayer mixed with the word of God is what produces results. When praying for anyone, 
We should hold on to the verse of scripture. Parents, if you are praying for your child to change, hold on to scripture. Because it is the scripture that makes it come to pass. It's not your prayer. You follow me? My point is that is your prayer mixed with the scripture? It's a package deal. You go to McDonald's, say, I need, I need combo. Sandwich, fries, and drink. It's a combo. You take the combination, the, the prayer, the scripture, and your faith, and your faith in his word, and that's what comes to pass. So for instance, you you know, for instance, Psalm 127, 127 verse 3 in, in uh, uh, contempor- contemporary um, English version. It says, children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. Children are what? A blessing and a gift from the Lord. So when you're praying, for instance, parents are praying for their children, what do you do? You say, Father Lord, I thank you. Because your word says children are a blessing and a gift of the Lord. So Father Lord, I thank you because you are the one one that's going to change my child. So what happens? You're, you're, You're basing your prayer on the word that says children are a blessing and a gift from the God. So Lord, this child is not a blessing. Father, Lord, I thank you because he's a blessing because of what the Bible says. Psalm 127 verse 3. This is what you said, so I believe it. Children, my child is a blessing and a gift from the Lord. So he's a blessing. So because he's a blessing, no matter what is going on with him now, I pronounce him a blessing. Now you're taking the word which has power over environmental circumstances, human human problem, human issue. He has a power to do what? To change. He has a power to create something out of nothing. He has a power to to bring something that is dead and bring it to life. When you do that, now you start to see the efficacy, the effectiveness of the word of God. This is the promise of God. And God has the power to change the child regardless of what you see that is going on with the child now. And that's why Paul, he started saying, he says, Paul, you're saying, I'm willing to to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if it will save them. But he knows that it will not work. He said, if. That's why he went on, when he, that's why I read that, he kept on saying it that, basically, what we need to do is to do what? To rely on the promise of God. Because I can't do it. It's the promise of God that has the power. So we need, we need to know that the promise of God, that we need to know that the promise of God, which is also the, the word of God, is a lamp and a, to, have, 
to guide our feet and a light to guide our path. We need to trust the unchanging word of God. We need to know that the purpose of God and the promise of God walk hand in hand. They are brothers and sisters. Peas in a pod. They're like spaghetti links. They're links together. The word of God fulfills the promises of God. Sorry, let me repeat, let me say that again. The word of God fulfills the purpose of God. The word of God is the promise of God. It fulfills what? The purpose of God. You cannot separate the word of God from the purpose of God. Because they are together. It's his purpose and it's him. God has a purpose for you. The word of God is his promise for your life. How you know? We see this now. Isaiah 55. I'm done after this. Isaiah 55, 11. Isaiah 55, 11. I read from the Passion. We, we hear this all the time. You know, the word of God won't come by voice. But let's look at it from the Passion. The Passion says, So also will be the word that I speak. It does not return to me unfulfilled. My word performs my purpose. I'll repeat. My word performs what? My purpose. And fulfills the mission I send it to accomplish. So is his word. As we seek the, the purpose of God, let us walk in his purpose and accompany his purpose with his promises, which is his word. And you understand that that's how God wants us to live. God cannot give us his word and you don't attend to it. Let's look at something. I just, then I, I know I said I was going to be done, but I don't have my phone. Proverbs. Say, my son, attend to what? My words. Proverbs. Proverbs 4.20 I'll tell you. This is just something that the Lord just dropped in my heart. Proverbs 4. 20. From 20. Let's go down from 20. 22 like 20. Seven. It says, my child, pay attention to what, what I see. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. So God cannot bring you the word and you lose sight of them. And you don't read it. And you don't pay attention to it. So let them penetrate deep in your heart. You know how it penetrates deep in your heart? Repetition. You keep repeating it. It penetrates deep in your heart. You remember, I remember in Nigeria, you remember the blue exercise book, blue notebook. The blue notebook, they will have multiplication at the back. Two times two, two times three, two times four, two times five. 
Exercise books. Exercise books. They, they have uh, measures. Yeah. 16 grams plus one. Ounce. Exactly. You know, why do you think they have it there? The reason why they have it there is so that each time you look at it, two times two is what? Four. You can see two times two anywhere. You know it's four because you remember that, that notebook. Two times three is six. You know it. Six times four is 24. You know it. I know my father taught me 11 times 20. Anything 11. He taught me that. He says 11 times 20. Each time you see 11 times a number, he showed me a trick. Like 11 times 20 is 220. 11 times two, uh, 22 is 242. 11 times 32 is 252. 11 times 42 is 462. 11 times 55 is, is uh, that one is tricky, it's 605. You know, but what I'm trying to say is that there's a, is a repeated thing. As you keep repeating it, what happens? As you keep reading the, verse, the verses, it keeps de penetrating deep into your, your heart. Repetition helps memory. Good, I like that. See, that's why you're a lawyer. You know all these things. You know all these things. Your, your brain is very sharp. At, at 84 something years old. It says, for they bring life to those who find them. So the word of God brings life. Life in your body, life in your circumstances, life everywhere. It brings life and healing to what? Their whole body. So it means as you read the Bible, as you hear the word, as the word is being preached, healing is, being is taking place. Let me tell you something. You don't, if you continue to read the Bible all the time, healing is taking place in your heart, in your body. Healing is taking place in your body. God is doing what? He's healing you because you know why he's doing that? He has to fulfill his word. He's, he's, he's governed by his word. What restricts him is his word. So if he says that I should read my Bible, as you read my word, life comes, healing comes. What do you think he's going to do? As you read your, the word, life comes, healing comes. So whatever, he knows what is touching you, right? What's paining you. So what does he do? He brings the healing and brings the life. He said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That's why Wigglesworth says, the TV, all these things I'm watching, it's no benefit to me. I need to guard my heart. So people don't tell me something that is contrary to the word. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. What lies before you? The word. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. I... So the main point is from Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. 
223. So the key here is that God is saying, hold on to my word. It's his word that makes changes. It's his word that changes situation. So the key for us is to do what? Hold on to his word. Because it's his word that changes circumstances. Praise the Lord. And as we know that, as we know that, you know, God starts to do what? Make changes in our lives. Starts to change the situation. Starts to order our path. You know when it says, when that's Roman, uh, Proverbs 4, it says avoid, avoid negative talk. Perverse uh, talk. There was a guy that, you know, they said, he, you know, um, what was his name? Uh, Kenneth Hagin was was describing of a man. He was ninety eight years, ninety five years old. He he see he didn't have gray hair. He didn't have a cavity in his mouth because he decided I'm going to watch watch my tongue. I'm going to watch my tongue, not say anything negative, not say anything contrary to the word. And as soon as he did that, I, as he keeps reading the Bible, God started to do what? Purify his tongue. Mm-hmm. To the sex extent that they said there was a thief that somehow he got killed and people were looking at him and saying, yes, that guy is an, he's evil. He's this, he's that. The man, he said, how come you're not going to say anything? Because he was living in a small town. Then you're not going to say anything. The man just say, oh, he has good teeth. <laughs> he, he just refused to say anything negative. And what happens? What, what was happening here is, Kenny Hagin says that God was preserving his life. He had healing in his body. Life in his body. So when he was 95, he didn't, have, he didn't look like a 95-year-old. So the key is that, my prayer is that we take the word seriously. We take the word seriously. Me, I'm even saying it to myself, Chuka, take the word seriously. It is life. You should say that to yourself. You take the words, I would take the word seriously because it is life and healing to my body. Without the word, nothing. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you glory. We thank you for your word today. We pray that, Lord, you give us an understanding, a better understanding of this teaching as well, and help us to know that your promises are so important. First of all, Lord, help us to know the purpose at which you created us. There's a reason. The reason says that he said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. So if you knew us, you said that to Jeremiah, I knew you did. I knew that you're going to be a prophet. You, you knew what we were going to be. You knew the purpose. 
the Lord, you says, when you now know the purpose, accompany the purpose with my promise. And the promise is found in the word. So, Father Lord, I pray that you help us so we don't get distracted, one, reading your word. Help us to be enthusiastic in reading your word. Help us to have the zeal to read your word. You know, my, my dad once told me, he says, you, you're watching all these people on TV. Meanwhile, they are making money. It, it's it, for us, for, for why you said that, he says, you go and study so you too can make your money. And you know, somehow, it really, res it really, it really resonated in me because this, the word of God, is it life-changing? Is what's supposed to change my life? Is what's supposed to transform my life? Is what's supposed to bring me life and healing to my body? Is what's supposed to guide my path? Is what's supposed to change my environment? So you're telling me, Lord, you're telling me, saying, don't let the devil distract you by going to Facebook and going to news medias and all those things. Focus on your on the word. That's where the change is. That's where the transformation is. Father Lord, I pray that you know we 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 change, make a change, make a U-turn, make you know, make a change to the way we've been doing things. Because we're going getting into 2021. You know, we don't want to live the way we lived if we never read the Bible one time or we read it sparingly. You know, read it sparingly. We didn't, we didn't have the zeal. We weren't, we weren't enthusiastic. We, we just said, oh, you know what, let's just, let's just read this Bible so at least we say we read the Bible. Let's just read this devotion as if at least we read the devotion so that, you know, we fulfilled all righteousness. But... That's not what you want. You want us to really be enthusiastic about it. You want us to be able to feed on the word. You want us to be able to be excited to read the Bible. Because it is you. It says if you love someone, you want to be always around that person. If we love you as much as we say we love you, we want to hear from you. And the way we hear from you is through the word, through the Bible. So, Father Lord, I pray that you come and make a change in our hearts. For us that have been reading, if you if you have been reading all the time, make a change too so that we can be even more eager to hear it from you. Father Lord, we just give you glory. We commit tomorrow, Christmas, into, into, into your hands. You know that we are all celebrating Jesus. Father Lord, he's the reason for the season. So, Father Lord, we give you praise for what Jesus did on the cross. He did, you know, he came, He had a, you had a purpose for him. He achieved the purpose successfully. Father Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's say the grace in fellowship. <laughs>